you'll join me this morning in the text of the Gospel of John in chapter 15. We'll start reading in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Good morning, friends. You know, friendship is found at the cross, and we're going to talk about that this morning. But before we get started, I, I have to tell you how I came across this. We're finishing up the Gospel of John and specifically Jesus' teachings at the end of his time here on earth before he was crucified and some of the last things that he taught his disciples in this morning's our last lesson in this uh, in that series of lessons. But, you know, I'm a guy that wanders. I like to wonder about things. And when I wonder about things, I find that that's the best way for me to learn. So in the course of, of wondering, I, I, I came across something this week that was interesting. I was looking for some something like a saying to write in Jeanette's Valentine for next week. And so I was kind of wondering on something like this. I wonder why it's such a compliment to tell a woman she looks like a breath of spring, but not to tell her she looks like the end of a cold winter. I wonder why I couldn't get girls. Can you help me with that? Why couldn't I get away with that? Why wouldn't that work? I wonder why it would please her to say that time stands still when I look at your face. But not to say her face would stop a clock. I don't get it. It's the same thing. They're both the same. No, they're not, are they? That's not the truth. I wonder why we teach our children that if they lie, they're going to be punished. But then when that phone call comes in, we say, tell them I'm not here. Let's think about that for a moment. I wonder why. Well, in that wandering this week, this question, this was the question God gave me. I wonder why Jesus would want to be my friend. I wonder why Jesus would want to be my friend. You know, many things in this world could cause us to wonder. One of the most striking is that God would want to call us his friends. Think about that for just a moment. Look at John fifteen fourteen and 15 in our text. And let's review that. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. This is something interesting to me and my ability to follow this. With a friend like me, Jesus doesn't need enemies. Right? I mean, if you look at the cross 
and you take this to the cross and you look at Jesus hanging on the cross. Church, with friends like us, Jesus doesn't need enemies. Our sin put him there. And with friends like that, who would need enemies? So, it's, is it fair to wonder why Jesus, in his final moments, knowing what was going to transpire, would say, you're my friends. You're no longer servants, but friends. Romans 5, verses 6 and 8. Say, you see at the, just the right time when we were all still, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Our friendship with Jesus and his desire to be friends with us wasn't dependent upon something we did beforehand. At the point that Jesus says this church, we had done, they had done nothing for Jesus to earn that. Other than to sin like we sin. It's not dependent upon what we do. Jesus reached out to us before we did anything positive to him or toward him. If you consider John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the why simply answered. If you wonder why Jesus wants to be our friends, it's because he loves us. He loves us. Parents. You ever do something you might not normally do in regard to your children? And the only answer you can give is it's because you love them. You wouldn't do it for anybody else. But you do it because you love them. Kids, hopefully there's some things you do that you wouldn't do for anyone else like, like your parents because you love them. It's a relationship that goes deeper. And true friendships are that way, aren't they? True friendships connect at that deeper level. There's no greater symbol of friendship than what was demonstrated on the cross. Look at John 15:13 of our text. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Jesus demonstrates the deepest friendship that can be established at the cross, and friendship is established one by sacrifice. Friendship is is demonstrated in obedience. Established by sacrifice, demonstrated by obedience, and friendship is rooted in love. I want you to watch this video as an illustration of what friendship might look like. We cannot get enough of. We actually first showed you this memorable wrestling match yesterday. Remember this? The two middle schoolers teaching us all some life lessons. Well, Good Morning America salutes you both, Jared Stevens and Justin Kievit. Let's take a look now at their singular school. At first glance, this may look like an ordinary wrestling match between two seventh graders. 
with one boy defeating the other. But on this day, both of these 12-year-olds left the mat as victors. And to call this extraordinary doesn't even begin to describe it. Take a closer look. You see, Jared Stevens has cerebral palsy, but he doesn't let that stop him because he wants to wrestle. Just asked the coach if he could get on the mat. And uh, so then that's when we asked the, the coach, you know, what do we have to do to make that happen? He started practicing. And then the next logical question for somebody who's practicing with a wrestling team is, hey, coach, I want to get a match. And we're like, uh, what do you think, Dad? And, and I was like, put him on. And so they approached the coach from the opposing team. He called me over the side. He said, he really want to get Jared on the mat today and asked me if I had a kid who understood what the world is really like and had a big heart. Enter Justin Keel, Jared's opponent, in his very first match. I didn't know what to do. I went over to wrestle him and I shook his hand, but I noticed he couldn't move. So I like sat on the mat and pulled him over me and like slid under him like that. And with the crowd standing and cheering, Jared pins Justin to the mat in just 18 seconds. Jared wins, as evidenced by that ear-to-ear -ear smile. He looked at me with a cheerful face and smiled at me right when the match was over. and That made me feel really good. The two adjectives that come out of this whole episode is, is courage and character um, on both of these guys' parts. Courage and character and a remarkable show of compassion. Sometimes winning always isn't the right thing and isn't the most important thing. Wow. Without the coach's ability to find that kid, that kid that had a heart for something greater than himself, that was willing to make a sacrifice, that was willing in that moment to be a friend, the plan never works. Yeah, Jesus wants to be our friend. He sacrifices, He gives. And it's ours to embrace. The cross is now a symbol of life. And we find God's friendship in life. Consider John 15 and verse 16 from our text. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Jesus chose to give us eternal life before we embraced or rejected it. He wants to be our friend. Through our friendship, He wants to save us. And He desires a deep relationship with us so that when our friendship with Jesus is seen by others, others want to be a part of that and want to have that friendship as well. This friendship idea goes downhill. And here's the thing. He chose us for that. He could have done this a lot of different ways. He's God. He's creator of everything, but he chose us. How many of you have ever um, seen the show? I'm guessing most of you have. 2020. Ever seen 2020? Well, there was a, an episode of 2020 that had an article on it. and It was about um, it was about the process of selling little baby chicks. And there's kind of the reason I'm weird and saw this was there's a theme going around our house right now that we should get chickens. So I didn't know how you get chickens and did some investigating and I guess they sell them in boxes. Go figure. So on this 2020 episode, there's this factory that packages chickens, little baby chicks to sell. 
And there's this huge conveyor belt. And these chicks go by on this conveyor belt and the, the chicks are hand selected as the ones that will fit appropriately in the boxes. Well, the ones that don't fit stay on the conveyor belt to plunge to their death. Traumatic. Everybody's like, oh, baby chicks. Too close to Easter. That's how they get peeps. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want you to think about something. This comes from somebody who often in his life didn't fit the box. God doesn't worry about the box. God shows you to be a friend no matter what. We don't have to worry about that. We just have to embrace the fact that he is our friend and he wants to be our friend. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to live that way. The cross is the symbol representing what Jesus desires of us in friendship to others. Think about 1 John 3, 16 and 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and deeds. Friendship, God's way, friendship, the way Jesus demonstrated it was in action and deed. And you see that at the cross, perhaps better than any other place. John 13 and verse 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you Love one another. Now, listen, there is ample opportunity all across the evangelical community for us to fix this and work on this issue a little bit of loving each other. One of the one of the most awesome things that we see out in the community and some of the works we're doing at places like Synergy and Hillcrest is you see the evangelical community working together to better the community around us and to introduce Jesus to the community, then we can gauge in deeper study and deeper understanding of the word. But the first thing is, first, we want them to see our friend and Jesus wants them to see him as our friend so that they know that he wants to be their friend as well. So there's plenty of application in the evangelical community. There's plenty of application in our own tribe for this idea in the churches of Christ, where we need to spend some time together around the table of study in the word, in prayer and in fellowship so that the friendship that Jesus has with us is demonstrated better to the world and what the world sees in our friendship to each other. Because sometimes church, that's not what the world sees in us. There's application in this within our own congregation, isn't there? There's application where the world needs to see the love that Jesus has for us being demonstrated among those in this room and those in the first service that worship this morning, all of us together, working together to love each other and to be true friends to each other, making sacrifices Teaching one another and loving one another and being obedient with one another. There's plenty of application within even some of our own families. 
where we can take the love and the friendship that Jesus shows us and demonstrate it to the ones within our own four walls that we love and care for. I close with this thought. And one of the things I always wondered was when the preacher says he's closing, why doesn't he? I close with this thought, and I promise. It's okay to wonder why in the world God in Jesus would want to be your friend. But the fact of this is, you will one day get to answer or get to ask that question. God, why do you want to be my friend? I don't understand. Don't you want that to be a good conversation? (laughs) Don't we want it to be the conversation that says, well, I wanted to be your friend because because you, you you demonstrated that you loved me. You worked every day to try to be obedient, to love others and to understand the friendship that my son had with you and his sacrifice and his love. You don't want that conversation to be the other way. Well, no, you don't understand. I was your friend. I did everything I could to reach out to you, but you wouldn't embrace my friendship. We want this to be an important conversation. The important action on this side of eternity is to embrace his love. To embrace the friendship that he offers us in his son, Jesus. And to go out living a life demonstrating that to others and living the life of acting that out in his church with your brothers and sisters. And then the world will see and they will want to be a part. As each Sunday we have an opportunity while we stand and sing for prayer, for baptism, to embrace Jesus' friendship for the rest of your life, also like this to be a time where you can just come up and talk about your friendship with Jesus. Maybe Jesus in your friendship is just doing some awesome things and you need to tell the world.